colors, 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 they are all around us every day. But apparently Stella Ferdu has a new meaning to that. And we are here today at the exposition Conversation Starter in uh, Albert Fanabi House. Hello, Stella. Hello, nice to meet you. So my name is Stella Verdult. I was born and raised in Eindhoven, and I consider myself to be sort of a color magpie. I um, I like to collect colors and then sort of shape an uh, archive with it. So these could be physical colors, they could, these could be objects, or they could be maybe visions that I've seen, like images in the landscape or or clouds or, or mountains, and then I try to somehow um, uh, uh, somehow store them in my head, in my memory, like a visual memory. Okay, but when uh, when did your journey start with colors? <laughs> yeah, no, sure, I understand. Uh, I think it's because uh, I always feel like if you just go with the regular rainbow, it always feels like there's colors missing. It, it just goes from like red, orange, yellow, there's like no nuance there. I think there's even just eight in the rainbow or maybe nine if you're lucky. And it feels like it just doesn't cover it all. And I think if you somehow seem to find the colors in between those shades, it suddenly just sort of opens up and it becomes much more interesting. And it also makes you understand colors better and be more sort of lenient towards the colors that you might um, disapprove of or, or, or ignore in your regular life. So I think that if you're sort of more flexible almost towards colors, you can then enjoy them more. You said understand colors. Yeah. I thought we understood colors already when we were at school, right. when we were kids. Yeah. So we described them all, we gave them names. Yeah. So what, do you, what kind of meaning do you give to colors? Well, so I mean that I don't mean like what happens when you mix pink with white or I just mean like if you somehow understand them as in their potential, like let's say maybe you don't tend to like the color orange, but maybe you don't really know how to apply this color or in what texture, like let's say maybe an orange sofa in the wrong fabric can be very ugly, but maybe an orange um, curtains in like a silky transparent fabric gives you a whole array of oranges. So I think it's more about understanding their characteristics and therefore be more forgiving and therefore and therefore sort of maybe f include new colors into your spectrum i think it's it's mostly about that it makes me think about the definition of color or let's say the perception of colors mm -hmm. in different cultures as well for example, I'm wearing blue shirt today, mm -hmm. but I know in some cultures blue color has different names and different shades yeah. of it. Yeah. So how do you explain that? What, what does it mean to you? No, it's definitely true that there's the, the whole, the, the jargon around colors differs in each culture. And even I feel in, at least in Dutch, we lack so many words, like we don't have enough names for colors. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm wondering even in maybe in your native language, what words you have for blue and, and the ones that I have might be very slim compared to yours. I don't, I mean, I don't know, right? But I do think that, for example, brown has such a sort of bad reputation and people tend to find it old fashioned or, or dusty or sort of, it has, an unattractiveness to it but it's also because brown needs companionship you have to know how to help brown like what type of friend do you give it what what do you what color do you put next to brown could it be a coral red or or an acid yellow like what happens to the brown so i think that the words that you use to explain a color like even if you would just distill brown to be chocolate or, or a mossy brown you know you, you get into these whole different directions of brownness 
And I think those make it interesting. So I actually think we lack words and I try to make new ones all the time to describe my colors, yeah. I know that marketing companies use colors a lot uh, and they all give their own meanings to them, they categorize them. So can you say that, well, at the same time, marketing that relates to uh, fashion industry and marketing that relates to chemical industry, for, for example, mm -hmm. they still, uh, they use the same colors, mm -hmm. but these colors, they use them to sell things, right. to influence us. So my question is, uh, do colors make us buy things? Mm. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm sure they've done many psychological studies as to what color appeals to people in a certain mood, even like maybe people who are parents and have kids might, you know, react more to certain shades of pastel or so I'm sure there's all these theories. I definitely don't know them. Um, but I do, I have seen because I work with color a lot that color just really speaks to people. It's even when you wear something colorful, people tend to smile to you more. It's sort of like, I guess that's also a form of selling, right? It's an openness or po a positivity. Um, I don't know, though, about if the color then actually sells the product. I think it just sort of draws you in, right? So it's, it's sort of the honey. And then, and then the product still has to be good. But I guess it's, yeah, it's more like a, like a way to get you there. Yeah. Exactly. So it opens a conversation. Yes. So that is the name of the exposition. Right. And uh, tell me, please, this exposition is it specific? It, it, what kind of audience yeah. uh, should visit your exposition? Oh. Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I think uh, I think any audience is welcome. I think people who just enjoy um, seeing new things or th seeing something that pleases their eye. But it's also, for me, it has somehow a link towards durability. But it's a bit of a leap, but I can explain it to you. But I think if you, uh, for me, because I have a background in fast fashion and then I sort of change directions into sustainable diet fashion, which is um, ironic, I know, like I'm aware of the paradox. But uh, anyway, so I specialize in sustainable fashion. And then, and then my conclusion was that we need to focus more on emotional durability, which is a term that luckily already existed. And I was very lucky to find this term. It's basically says that we need to have better relationships with the products that we own so and then we need to take care of them better so i feel like if you would somehow know your products better you would maybe repair them more like let's say you have an old sweater and it's purple because now it's in fashion and you buy a purple sweater um, it's very easy to then within a few years to throw it out because the color is not in fashion anymore but the 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 sweater still does what it promised you to do like it will probably still keep you warm so it's not really fair towards the sweater right so somehow if we could be a little bit more forgiving and say oh i don't really like purple anymore it wasn't my actual sort of intrinsic choice but i let myself you know be manipulated by marketing or <laughs> what if i maybe try to break down this purple like can i combine it with another shade that makes it work again or can i put this sweater on pause for a little bit and just store it in my attic and maybe take it out in a few years again so and <laughs> i'm still giving you an answer to your question but i think my exhibition as much as it seems to just be about colors it's very much about how do you see things it's about looking at things so if you maybe visit this exhibition and then go home and your spectrum has somewhat broadened so maybe you see a few more colors than you did before 
that you might also somehow accept them more, respect them more, and then you might maybe nourish them more. And that's actually the biggest step in sustainable thinking is trying to avoid waste. Like if I can somehow try to avoid you to throw away your sweater, even just one day later, it's already a big contribution to the, the huge environmental issue that we have with, within the fashion industry, at least. Yeah, that was a complex answer, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you're somehow interested in emotional durability or any form of sustainability thinking, because I mean, it's such a broad term, then you're also very welcome and I'd be happy to talk to you about it, yes. <laughs> yeah. So basically this is for anyone, right? I, <laughs> I mean, I think art is always for anyone or, or a gallery visit. I think you should just walk in if you feel like it or not if you don't, right? So I feel like I guess anybody could walk in here um, and, and people will always find something that will appeal to them and also something that they might not necessarily like. So that's the beauty about, you know, art. It's also just sort of how you look at it. But yeah, so it's 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 a light. It, the exhibition itself is lightweight and looks easy on the eye. But I do feel that my thoughts up behind it can be we could steer it towards a more uh, you know loaded conversation, <laughs> a more societal conversation, definitely. And if I look through the exhibition myself and I have some questions, who's going to answer these questions? Are you here? Uh, I'm mostly here. So the exhibition is still till Sunday. Uh, today we are talking on a Monday, but I don't know when this is aired, but I'm basically here uh, all days except for the Thursday and then I'm here between one and five. Uh, so I'd be happy to debate with anyone or just uh, walk them around. Uh, forgive me if I'm not like actually physically here because I just had to maybe run a little errand, you know, <laughs> I'm not like tied to a chair, but I'm, yeah, I'm here all the days and, uh, and on Sunday we have like a finissage, so there will be some drinks and some fruits it's during the day. Um, yeah. Albert van Abbehaus is a certainly unique place in Eindhoven, I think. And uh, uh, how did it come that uh, your exhibition is here now? Mm -hmm. I actually approached them uh, two years ago or a little under two years ago because I have this, uh, um, I organize these one day collaborations. They're called play dates. Um, I started organizing them in the, in the pandemic because I wanted to work with people. And then I just uh, invited people from my creative network to work with me just one day. And they're called play dates because I would buy really sort of basic things that you use for kids like clay or paper or paint and all sort of cheap material, not too serious. And we would just see what, where the day would bring us. And it was such a beautiful process. And I still do them now. So I do maybe like one a month. And I did two here in this house. I approached the house because I knew there were some empty rooms upstairs because <laughs> it's a big house. And I just really wanted to do one here because I like to do my playdates on a different location so that both me and the artist or the designer that I invite are in a sort of uncomfortable new situation. And then it's also you, you only use what you bring. Otherwise, you tend to if you're in someone's studio, you tend to open drawers or work on what you already have. And if you just bring these looser materials here, you cannot really leave the space and that, that's what you'll do. So it sort of lightens the process. And so that's how I got in contact with them. Uh, and they've been so kind to open this place up for me now for a summer residency. I'm very grateful, yeah. I would just like to ask you one more question about your uh, research because a conversation starter is indeed a research. Can you describe what kind of stage you're in now? And yeah. is there any future developments further for, for, for your research? Mm. 
Good question. I it's good to explain a little bit the title, right? So a conversation starter is actually the one of the conclusions that I drew from these play dates is that I realized that besides uh, 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 it being a making process and we would have physical outcome. These were mostly just conversations, many about color, like, oh, is this purple to you or is this brown to you? Like we would talk about color, but also many other things. Like it was actually a very intimate process because you're talking while you're making, which means you don't have eye contact. So there's sort of like this casual way of chatting, but then you dive into deep conversations quite quickly. So that's when I realized that I actually really enjoyed to to share these thoughts with people. And I also I'm a I'm a tutor at the um, Design Academy here in Eindhoven. I used to be also at the Willem de Kooning Academy in Rotterdam. So I teach uh, these were product design students. And also my classes are very much about trying to talk to them about durability or emotional durability or how we look and see things and how we treat these things. So for me, the conversation starter, I think, uh, where am I at in this research is that now I concluded that apparently the conversation is very important to me. <laughs> and then now I think the next step is seeing how could I have all these physical results, like all these outcomes from these playdates or all this color archive that I have been collecting, where will that take me? Like, will I maybe uh, categorize all the colors and have maybe a book with the outcome of this archive, almost like an archaeologist? Like, will there be Will there be almost that I analyze the ingredients of the archive and, and name them and store them? Or or will I explore the playdates more and it and, and have it grow? Like maybe they should not be one day but a week. So then what happens? So I feel like there could be many directions. I'm not too sure yet. These things with me always take a while and they just I just let the time tell me. And it always does. So I always trust this process. So I don't really know yet where it will take me, but I do, I am looking forward to seeing like a next step within the process and within also what I'm personally learning. Because it's, it could be dangerous if you somehow fall into repetition or you sort of have this trick that you understand. So I always also really want to do, learn new things and therefore I have to be able to make mistakes. So I have to somehow step into a new direction, yeah. Now about the exposition that you presented in Japan, was it the same one? Or was it a different one? Right, so Japan was a different one. It was about two years ago, I had an exhibition here at the Tuck Gallery in Eindhoven, and it was called Orange is Also Red. And it was about, you know, where does a color end and where does another one begin? And she approached me, this agency, her name is, or her name is, uh, the agent is Manatsu. She approached me on Instagram saying that she wanted to stop by and, and I, uh, you know, welcomed her. And she told me all about her galleries in Japan. And I was, I was a little bit overwhelmed with all the information and I didn't even feel like she was actually talking to me about wanting to bring me there. And then she proposed to bring my work to Japan, which was incredible. Uh, which happened last November, first in Nagoya in a gallery, and then it moved to Tokyo. And I had, had the chance to go as well. So this was last May. So it was orange is also red in Japan. And it was a very tiny gallery in, um, in this beautiful neighborhood in, uh, in the center of Tokyo. And also she visited my studios a few times. And she was actually the one who stimulated me to work with my color archive more. So she told me to, she wanted to, me to bring the color archive to Japan. Because for me, up till then, they were just things in drawers and in boxes. And she provoked me to sort of display them on a table. So 
bringing them to Japan also awakened this thought of, should I take it seriously? The fact that I collect colors, like, is, are these valuable objects? And it's even funny because when I had to uh, draw up the document for customs, there were frames, there were collages and artworks, and it was easy to draw up the value of a, an art piece in a frame. But then it was, what is the value of my color archive? And it was such a silly thing because these are just strings and blocks and thingies, right? And then that's when I became aware of the sort of unpinnable value that it has to me. And that's actually, yeah, uh, thanks. Yeah, and, uh, due to my exhibition in Japan. What do people in Japan uh, say about your exposition and how do they see colors themselves? What kind of questions did they ask you? Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I, um, so they, the, well, the feedback that I got most when it was hanging there was that they enjoyed the balance so much. So they said that I was very sensitive to balance of colors, balancing them out or provoking colors. Um, and maybe they asked me, I had one really beautiful question because I also had the chance to teach one day at, at an art school in Tokyo. And I told them about my work. And then one of the tutors asked me a very good question that's been haunting me ever since. Uh, I told them about my uh, more strategic and sustainability work that I do with clients, but then on the other end, how I play with color all day. And then he asked me, what if you combine your strategic side with your color play? What would happen? <laughs> I still don't really have the answer, but I think it's such a good question. So what if I combine my more strategic side, or, you know, my me as a thinker on emotional durability? How do I apply it in my color play, which is such an intuitive process? So that was one of the questions that I got that was, yeah, very rich and lots of food for thoughts. Yeah, it is nice that you stay in Eindhoven and you bring more colors to our region. <laughs> Thank you very much. Can we please repeat again uh, the date yeah. till when we can see your exhibition? Right. So the exhibition is open till Sunday the 27th and the opening hours are between one and five. There's always someone here, usually me, but even if it's not me, there's somebody from the beautiful house. So yeah, those are the opening hours and you're very welcome to have a look.